What's up, everybody? I'm Sean. This is Mr. Justin, uh, one of our founding fathers, and uh, I think the strongest person in the gym. I think that's. Uh, I think that's. I don't know. We'll, I think that's maybe. I'm up. All right, there. top top five, <laughs> easy, easy top five. Um, anyway, welcome, Justin. How's it? How's it going? Oh, it's it's going well, Sean. It's going well. I'm really thankful for this uh, weather we're having today and this weekend, actually. Yeah, and I really appreciate your ability to multitask, uh, going down, uh, trying to blow up the Death Star while <laughs> simultaneously having a conversation. This is... Yeah, I, I always try and, um, you know, Friday afternoon, I have a Friday afternoon standing meeting, and I always try and come with a different, uh, different um, you know, Zoom background just to kind of, people are like, I hate Friday afternoon meetings, but I wonder what Zoom background Justin's going to have today. That's right, that's right. So... Um, what I'm what I'm trying to do is kind of talk to to various members about um, how they're dealing with the shutdown. And when I was talking to your wife, Kara, uh, for those of the people listening who don't know, is the greatest administrative maestro. I call her our admin guru. Uh, she she runs the admin at Old City CrossFit email, and she is absolutely crushing it. So I was talking to her, and she mentioned that um, you've really got the whole work from home thing dialed down. Um, and so I wanted to reach out and, and sort of talk about how you do it. You know, I think a lot of people are sort of in this transition period of like, oh no, work from home, this is different. And it was novel for the first few weeks. And now I think people are starting to really um, need to make this as productive as in person. And uh, Kara mentioned you had a lot of really interesting tips and good ideas. So how's it, how's it been going for you? Yeah, so it's it's been a change. So I'm not someone who regularly works from home, usually at all. Uh, so I'm usually in an office. And on top of that, I do a fair amount of traveling as well. So I go all over the country and I'm talking to, to other folks in, in their place. So for me, staying at my kitchen uh, table every morning was a complete uh, 180. So a real shift in, in how I approach things. And, you know, it's not that I have a lot of great life hacks from working from home, uh, because I really don't. But what I do have uh, is a lot of training and background on how I approach processes. And so for me, when this happened, it wasn't, you know, panic, like, oh, oh my, what's going to happen? I just kind of went to look at my plans and looked at, you know, how I start my, my morning each day, how I approach my work and just said, I need to adapt this process to, to working from home. It's a virtual. So that's kind of just the, the way I approached it. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. So you're process driven and um, what, what, what have you found? What's, what are some processes that you've implemented that have made your work from home more productive or more, um, I don't know, like, I think a lot of people are just kind of at this point starting to go a little insane. Yeah. And I believe me, the, those things, uh, you know, those things happen to me too. Um, but it's just the kind of the way that you deal with them. And so the first thing, is when you're kind of thinking of this as, as a process, um, you got to establish a new schedule and a new routine. So, you know, kind of throw out everything that, that you did before, um, prioritize what those hype, those things that you know need to get done and start building backwards from there. Uh, kind of know, um, you know, the, the first couple of weeks, I think people thought maybe this would last two weeks or a month. And now, you know, we're kind of in a a real uncertain state. So it was easy to just say, I'm going to ride this out for as long as it goes. Um, but now I think, you know, if you haven't thought about adjusting some of how you approach every day, uh, you're going to be a lot tougher. And so for me, um, it's really easy to, for me to, in my regular kind of 
daily life to turn off. Okay, like here I'm at work, here I'm at home. And then when you suddenly blend those lines, that was tough for me. So it's like, okay, I'm only going to do work when I'm on this one spot in the kitchen table. Like that's my new office. That's my home base. Uh, so that's one of the things. And I try and do, you know, my normal thing as much as possible. So I'll wake up, I'll get ready. I'll actually put on a, put on a, a collared shirt, you know, when I'm, when I'm in work mode. Um, and then it, it makes it a lot easier to stop those lines from blurring. And I'm, it's not like the first week, even, even I was still refining my process and it was like 10 o'clock at night and I'm still working on stuff. Right. And, um, but then once I kind of established that there's a, a firm start time, a firm end time, um, I'm only going to do work in this one spot. I, I know what I need to get done each day still. Um, that, that made things a lot easier. Yeah. And that's a really, really interesting point because I mean, you're a new father, right? Uh, right. Charlie, how, how old is he? A year? Is he a year uh, old? Not quite. 10, 10 months. 10 months. Wow. Okay. So, you know, I think there's a lot of people who are in this live at home situation that have it a little easier where they're not balancing, you know, like you know, a wife and a kid. And, you know, just the, I think the crazier the household, the more difficult it is for people to, to get a handle on this. So, you know, coming at this with the experience of having, you know, a, a relatively young child is, uh, is really interesting. So tell me a little more about that. How do you, um, so you have the, you have the desk, you have the hours that you work. Um, how does that work with, you know, kind of like being at home with, with everybody? Yeah. So I may have just said that like, oh, this is all process driven. And uh, it is that I would say maybe 80%. So the 20% sure. is, is that human aspect, right? And definitely, you know, managing um, a small human being who is now <laughs> crawling up steps and uh, just kind of coming into his own personality and thinks yeah. he, he's got it all figured out. Um, it can be, it can be, it has actually, you know, added a, a little extra challenge to, to the whole thing. And uh, so some of it is, you know, I just kind of say, come in and we'll tell a joke and say, hey, if there's a screaming baby in the background, you know, you know that's, uh, that's, that's par for the course. You know, he's, yeah. he's a Zoom expert now, too. And, uh, you know, he loves seeing himself and, and kind of meeting all my, my uh, business associates um, virtually and whatnot. So um, that's, I think, part of it, uh, too, is just kind of, you know, not being afraid to ask for some of that extra grace, you know, and I think, I think just generally, you know, it's a stressful time for everyone and um, it can be, people are more understanding, but it can also be, you know, harder when everything everyone has going on during this thing is just to kind of say, okay, I'm going to, going to let this one slide, you know, um, yeah. people are kind of distracted in meetings or, or whatever. Uh, that's just the, the way it's kind of going. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely, I can definitely see the distraction coming, you know, like kind of into the work, into the Zoom call, that sort of thing. But like I've, you know, also worked from home for, for quite a long time, really ever since starting the gym has been um, an experiment in trying to figure out how to work from home. And one of the things, one of the things that I'm um, getting better at is kind of like what you were saying is, Hey, this is, this is my desk. I'm, I'm at work, you know? And like one of the things that, that happened earlier and, you know, still happens, but I've gotten a lot better at communicating this idea is that like, Hey, I, I need you to ignore me, you know, Hey, Jules, I Jules, right. I need you to ignore me and pretend I'm not here because you know, like you get, you get into thought, you're, you're working through a, a problem, you're writing an email, you're doing something. And then it's like, Hey, can you help me with this? Hey, can you help me with this? And you know, like now I'm conflicted because I don't want to be a jerk and I do want to help and I do want to do the thing, but I also need to focus and be present for the work that I'm, that I'm doing. And so um, the way that I've managed that is just by communicating with Jules. It's like, Hey, for the next two hours, I like, I need, I need to do work. It's like, do you need me to do anything before? And then, so we, you know, set the expectations and then I go to work. Um, right. How have you kind of managed that, especially yeah. 
adding a kid into the mix. I'm glad you brought that up. And that's a, that's a really fantastic question. And I do have some strategies there. Um, and so like you're kind of that, you know, basic corporate office and you maybe use Outlook. Uh, there's a feature called uh, focus time, turn that feature on. It'll block your, your calendar with, you know, one to two hour blocks of time where you can kind of say, you know, I'm busy um, and I use it a lot. Uh, you know, there's integration with like OneNote, like the note taking system. And so I can, you know, have my agenda of like, here's what I'm going to accomplish in this two hour uninterrupted block. And what I normally do is, is kind of start with a wish list of everything that I think I can get to. And then I take 20% off right, right at the top. I think just as, as humans, um, and we kind of like over uh, extend ourselves or overestimate our ability of what we can accomplish. So always doing that, like knowing what best case scenario, here's what I want to get done. And just right off the top saying 20% of it, I'm not even going to get to. And it's kind of a nice feeling that you've, you've made yourself accountable, but you've also given yourself that break of, okay, like, you know, if I'm not going to feel bad if I don't get all of this done. Yeah. But I think, um, you know, just even generally, like even without the, the, the kind of the software behind it, like that's, a really good thing is like having that plan, like knowing what your week is, is going to look like. And, you know, if you're set, setting those for decisions for the morning, cause I think we make, uh, you know, as our blood sugar drops, as our, as our stress level rises, it gets harder to make the decisions. So kind of yeah. bring those decisions to, to the beginning of the day and the beginning of the week, kind of take a little bit of time and just saying, here's what I want to get through by the end of the week and, and have a plan to, to get through it all. Um, and then taking maybe a little bit of time at the end of the week and just like looking back and saying, okay, here was, here's the plan on Monday. You know, here's what the reality on Friday, what do I need to tweak going into next week? And I think of a lot of it, you know, a lot of CrossFitters were all really familiar with keeping that journal of, of, you know, what we did with our weights. And it's like, if you're working from home, um, or working in general, we should do kind of the same thing where we have that, that plan of, okay, here's, here's what I did this week. Here's what I wrote down. And then looking back and you know, what happened versus what I had planned to happen. Yeah, I love that idea of like crossing off twenty percent of what you can of what you think you can do in a day or in a week. You know, I think I've heard this on other podcasts, but people way overestimate what they can accomplish in a day and in a week, and dramatically underestimate what they can accomplish in a year. And um, you know, I think it's like it's it's about I mean, what's a year but just a bunch of days work added up to, to make a massive progress. One thing that I wish I was more consistent at, but when I do it, I'm very, very productive and it's very helpful with the whole work-life balance, which I think today is um, way more difficult because, you know, you were kind of talking about like you put on the shirt and you're at work and you're, and that's a good way to separate it. But one of the things that, that I try to do is like uh, write three things, three big mm -hmm. things that I want to get done that day. And if I get all three things done, then I'm done. Right. And like, that's it. That's right. If I don't feel like doing four or five and six, I don't have to do four or five and six. I can like just watch TV or go out. And when you could play golf, I'd go play golf, you know, that, <laughs> that sort of thing. So, um, yeah. How do you, is, is that a tactic that you've used? It sounds, you know, like, like that might be something that you're, that you're doing. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I think that that's a great tactic as well. And I, I look a lot of things um, that, you know, I, I like the thing that I have like a master plan, right. And there's and kind of like knowing, you know, what things can, can interfere with that plan. And so, um, you know, maybe for me, it, it's not even having like one through six, it's just focusing on one through three and knowing that, you know, four, five, six, I'm going to, I'm going to get to. 
Um, so like always framing it as, you know, the, these are starting with the things that are the highest priority or like maybe, you know, know yourself. Like some mornings, like, man, I need a quick win. Like what's something I'm going to enjoy that, that's easy and is going to get me started. Um, but just being able to, to prioritize. And, you know, I don't think, I think you like keep it simple. Don't over document, but um, cause then you're, you know, you're kind of just doing extra work, but do have some written down plan so you can go back because like we said is that that, that we overestimate things the human memory uh you know has its limitations so if you have it kind of some sort of plan written down somewhere uh then you can go back and keep yourself accountable yeah yeah i like that so your your the approach that you take to this is you you kind of try to physically and emotionally put yourself into the office put yourself into work mode Right. By uh, waking up at a, at a normal work time, right. getting dressed for work, going to your quote unquote office at home, um, and then prioritizing the tasks that you're going to set off to accomplish that day. Mm-hmm. That pretty much it. So you structure your day kind of around like a normal work schedule. And then when you're yeah. at work, you go up, you change, you uh, make the cocktail or whatever, and now you're <laughs> home. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, and that's actually having a having a little little guy at home has actually helped in that because it's like, man, when he's ready for dinner, like that's for me, that's the hard stop, right? So I know that I got to be uh, ready to, to go into dad mode and, you know, off mode um, by the time he's, he's ready for dinner. And it's some days we would cut it close, um, but that's, that's always the goal. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And, you know, like, I think a good challenge for those without that hard stop with a kid is, you know, have a hard stop for yourself. You know, uh, if you're, if you're at home, you know, kind of by yourself during the shutdown time, have a hard stop and then use that time to kind of be selfish. One of the things, one of, one of the things that we talk about in the gym for like coaches is that coaching is a selfless act. So I want you, you know, when the coaches are coaching, I want them to be selfless. I want them to serve. I want them to right. give. Um, but when a, you know, if a coach is taking a class and working on themselves, I want them to be selfish. Yeah. So a member comes up to a coach when they're working out in a class and like, Hey, how much should I like, don't talk to me. I'm here being selfish. Go right. talk to your coach. Um, and so I sort of see that as like a similar situation where, you know, when you're working, you're selfish, like you're, you're working, you're, you're doing the work that you need to do. And then when work is over, then that's a good time to be selfless and to, you know, you know, give a little. So I think yeah. that's a good strategy. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, and I think that for like the technical side of like what I do, like we call that like voice to the customer, right? So that, that we define success, not by what we want or what we think and do, but what the customer is. And even the way I think about it in work is, you know, my coworkers are internal customers. If I'm doing something that's client facing, like obviously they're the customer and, and framing it, you know, how, how, did, how would they determine success? And thinking about it from, from that point of view um, and really, you know, when we're off the clock and like you said, that, that ability to reset and to, you know, kind of change in our mind and, and refresh and get to what we need to do. It's like, we got to think of ourselves as, as our own customer too, and, and kind of be honest with ourselves and, uh, you know, know what we need to be able to please everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, so, you know, you, we were kind of talking a little bit before we pressed record. Um, you've been you've been doing the Zoom stuff for a long time, right? Uh, and so, I mean, clearly you figured out some uh, sweet things that <laughs> oh, you. I, I mean, if you want to get off topic for one second, I do have one that will blow your mind. Yeah. All right. So, this is this is a, a Zoom. This is not. I, I would not. I have tested this out, but I would not recommend it. Um, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> 
yeah, if you get in trouble doing this, this, this is your own fault. But what I, so like they, they first came out with the video backgrounds. So I have one of here of myself. And you can see I'm blinking and my head's moving around. So, you know, if we're talking about being efficient and you're on a call where you're just going to be sit, sitting there and not saying anything, uh, <laughs> that's one efficient way to multitask. But, Is that just kind of like a, uh, like an animated GIF, like some sort of loop? Yep. Yeah. Just a, it's just a video loop of me. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I know certainly you've never used that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe once just to, just to see if it would work or not, right? Like a low stakes environment. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, cool. Any other, uh, any other zoom tips for, for people who are living on the, on the zoom meeting life? Yeah, actually, you know, I, I do have, um, I do have a few. So like some of them, um, are, you know, like it's always, if it's something where this interaction would normally be, you know, a special face to face kind of thing, like keep that camera on, you know, don't minimize that zoom window. But the thing is, like, there's a lot of research they've done recently that shows that, like, man, Zoom meetings are really draining. Um, you're trying to have that face-to-face -face interaction, and then on top of it, you have all the, the controls and, and then, you know, all the other kind of things that would distract you on your computer. So, you know, don't be afraid if it's something that it's, like, a normal kind of meeting where it's more you're getting info at you. Don't be afraid to turn that camera off. Um, there's also been some other research that says, like, you know, the, the laptop kind of is set to have that camera like front and center. But if you have a webcam from the side, then that actually, uh, it, it, you don't feel like you're on or like that, that, you know, that flight or flight isn't as turned on that you kind of forget about the camera a little bit. Yeah. So that's another tip that I've heard uh, others using. And actually I have mine at the office set up like that, but I've been uh, using the laptop. Yeah. That's an interesting point. Um, yeah. Cause that green light, you know, that green light tree. In my, in my submarine days, we used to talk about like the idiot button, you know, like the <laughs> moment you press, like right. the moment you key the microphone to talk on the, you know, the, the inner intra submarine intercom system, it's like pressing the idiot button and you totally forget how to speak. But, uh, <laughs> engineering watch. Uh, just, uh, and you can always tell who like the new people are who are used to like, you know, being on because they just sound so ridiculous when they press that button. Right. Um, and I think oftentimes it can be, you know, it can be the same when you, when you go into a zoom call and all of a sudden, like it's your turn to talk in a meeting of 10 people and you're just like, right. yeah, that's yeah. a good strategy. Yeah. There's a thing I've seen. It was like a, I think it was like a psychology test and like the illusion of attention. And there, it's like a video where they show people like passing a basketball back and forth. And it's like, count how many times they pass the basketball. And like during that time, like a gorilla walks through, like the, the color of the stage changes, like all these things happen. And like, I mean, you really miss it, right? Like it's like kind of in Zoom, it's the same thing. We're focused on like one thing, what we need to be saying, what we need to be doing, that we miss a lot of things that we would get otherwise um, in a face-to-face -face interaction. Like, you know, so much of of how we communicate is body language. And even though we see it, we miss it on Zoom. So kind of, you know, think about that, kind of retake a minute to, especially if you're on like really big meetings and kind of go through the, the Brady Brunch or the Hollywood Squares um, and, and kind of like note people's faces, kind of see, I mean, cause we're all going through a ton of, of stuff and we don't always know. So, you know, take that extra second to try and glean whatever you can, um, you know, body language uh, from, the, from the video call. Yeah, no, that's a, that's, that's a big help. How do you, um, how do you decompress when the day's over? Um, so yeah, like for me, uh, it, another thing, if, 
if you don't have your DC resident and you don't have the Libby app, get that app, man. DC library has so many fantastic books um, on audiobook right now. And so for me, like I said, it's transition from work to, to getting Charlie to what he needs to get. And then basically, you know, once he is down for his, his final meal, like Kara and I just kind of take a little bit of time before we watch TV, before we do anything to just decompress. Right. Yeah. And so that's, you know, I'm reading, I read, man, I have read more books uh, since this started than I usually read in a year. That's awesome. Um, and so, yeah, it's that the, the audiobooks have helped, but um, that's, yeah, that's one thing I've been doing to uh, kind of, kind of um, help decompress. What are, what are some good books that you read? So the one, and actually the one, the example came from, um, so I read, I read a lot of like business books that, you know, I'm not going to bore folks with here. Um, yeah. But uh, I'm trying to think of the one that I, what was that one called? Let me pull up the title. So thinking clearly. Um, and that's, that's a really good one. Uh, Rolf Dobelli, he's, he's an author. Um, and it just kind of like talked about a lot of the, um, the kind of mental mistakes that we're all kind of like prone to, to making, like when we're making decisions and kind of like knowing when to trust your gut, like sometimes like intuition is the best way to go. But when we need reflection, like, it, I mean, and it's kind of like overkill. There's like a hundred tips and it's like, man, like who's going to go through a hundred of these tips when you're making a decision. But you know, for some, some of them, I think it's like ones that I know that I'm prone to, um, you know, the, the, it's like good to like take that step back and like kind of have that mental checklist or even like a written down checklist of like, okay, have I considered these things? Have I considered these things? You know, I, cause I'm in, I'm in meetings with people who, you know, like some of them and like they have a lot of impressive degrees. They have uh, like certainly like knowledge of statistics is a, is a part of what I do. And man, people will make these like kind of just, you know, when you're talking in a meeting and you don't have like the visual, you don't have that time to reflect, like people will make these like really simple statistical errors. So I think like for, for me, it was like good to, uh, you know, like have, you know, be knowledgeable of these and like kind of be, uh, you know, as one of my coworkers calls me is like the, the domino, like the one that will kind of set things off like, hey, stop, take, take a second. Did, did you think about this? Or, or what you just said, you know, actually, if we, if we did the math, you know, this would happen. Yeah. So that's a good one i've been reading another one and it's about uh it's written by uh this guy who was a guitarist in a band i really liked in like high school junior high um and it's like a punk band and it's talking about like you know how do you you know if you kind of have the attitude or like you were kind of maybe one of those kids who wasn't always the greatest kid and now you're you're a parent um how do you like reconcile your rebellious side with with being a parent and that, that one has been a, a fun read as well oh cool that's awesome what's that one called um what's the band people i'm sure people yeah pennywise pennywise is the band and i think they they made it into a documentary the documentary is called the f word um so like fatherhood being the f word yeah Uh, but the original (laughs) i haven't watched it yet it's on hulu for free but the book is called i got it in my my libby app oh punk rock dad yeah, it's cool. Yeah. And I'm reading another one on um, the art of, of mindful living, which is another one I just actually just uh, was on the wait list to getting and I'm, I'm checking on. Because that's not, not an area where I excel. So yeah. just kind of trying to like this time, um, 
you know, as things are, my schedule's a little bit different. It's like, oh, okay, I need to like shore up some of those areas that, you know, I, I know I'm not great at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'd be curious what that book says. I, that's, mm-hmm. a, I think that's a, that's an area of life that's coming into, you know, most people's social consciousness and, you know, now more than ever, you can sit around and pout for three months that were shut down. Um, right. but that's, you know, that's a quarter of a year. That's like, a, it's, if you're lucky, you know, one, uh, I'm trying to do this. You should never do the math live, but whatever, a <laughs> hundred in a quarter of a year, then right. that's, you know, yeah. a, a good amount of time. Yeah. Never demo software, or do the math live. That's, uh, that's, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, well, cool. This has been awesome. I really appreciate your time. Um, yeah. Any final tips, thoughts, ideas, maybe something we didn't go over? Yep. Yeah. So I would say, you know, if you're, if you're struggling with, with any of this or, you know, you're having one of those days, um, I guess my tips are, are break down the process. So like process is everything we do from the way we make our, our coffee to the way we approach work, the way we approach our relationships, like just so much, you know, take the time, map it out, think about what's one thing I could do better. Um, and maybe that's the real tip is, is look for those, what we call them as like two second wins. So what's something that only takes two seconds to do, but can improve your day uh, quite a bit and, and just start like looking for those. And, you know, for one of my friends, uh, Karen and I have a spice rack. And so, you know, we cook a lot. So we have that, that spice rack isn't, you know, hidden up somewhere. It's like right on our counter and it's all alphabetized and it's the spices we use most. Um, so things like that. So you're not like looking and the like little things that, that, that could frustrate you. So just look for a little project like that, a quick win. And believe me, like those type of things will bring your mood right up. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, that in terms of like prioritizing just daily tasks, you know, um, there's a book I read called the one thing, and it talks about taking a block in the morning, like a two or three hour block in the morning and just tackle a massive project. Um, and I think that's important because really a massive project is just the accumulation of some number of work hours, you know? Um, but then again, you know, maybe, maybe you start the day just knocking off 10 tiny little wins and now you feel the, the surge of productivity and then you can tackle something bigger. Um, so regardless of what your approach is, it sounds like, like define a process, try to stick with your process, refine your process over time. And then, you know, you'll be shocked with the productivity that you can come out of this quarantine with. Absolutely. Think big, start small and learn quick. Boom. Is that the title of your book? <laughs> I think that was like an IBM. <laughs> uh, I think that one, I think I owe to IBM. I think that was like their thing in the sixties. That's awesome. Well, uh, well, you're bringing it back to life. Thanks so much, Jess. Appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you. Yep. All right. And,